scorenorth.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Score North Live. Timberwolves. They get it to Beasley, and they're seven. We're in a playoff race right now. 31 games, though. It's not over. I'm, I'm pushing to get it to the playoffs. Straight up. <laughs> Shoot for the start. Shoot for the moon and get stars. If we, if we don't make the playoffs, we ended a great season. We got going into another season. This was about. It's about another future. One, one day at a time. The highlight was on Fox Sports North. That was Malik Beasley talking about it after the win on Saturday night as the Timberwolves just run the Clippers out of the building at the Target Center, 142-115. to 115. Rami Makhlouf here in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Phil Mackey, my co-host for Hour 1. Matthew Collar will be here for Hour Number 2. Declan Goff on the other side of the glass and on the ones and twos. As always, coming up a little later this hour, we'll get into the now complete. Is it complete? Is it official? The Twins trade, or is it possible well, def- somebody could still define official? I did see footage of. Is it is it pronounced Kime Bloom, the Red Sox pretentious general manager? Sure, or at least the Red Sox general manager with a pretentious name. I don't Kime think he Bloom. deserves yeah. for us to know his. Fake it till you make it. You know, I did see him. He was walking into Red Sox spring training camp today into the facility, so it's possible that he could look at some more medicals and decide that uh, the prospects aren't up to his liking. Or he could turn on WEI and hear more criticism. We'll get into that right around 12.30. I'm not happy about anything about that trade. That's coming up at about 12.30. And also, uh, Phil and Declan, did you watch the XFL this weekend or no? Oh, yeah. I got into it. So you guys can tell me what happened while I was watching guys' grocery games. Uh, I'm with Declan on this one. All in. If the the game and the... And the the broadcast weeks weren't enough. There was a post game celebration that oh, yeah. spoke to the to the true. We'll get into all this. We'll, we'll get into okay. all the of livers this and hearts and all of us <laughs> in the noon hour of the show. But how much did that do for you Saturday night? What you saw from these new look Timberwolves six five one six four six eight two five five, or you can tweet us at skor north. That was literally a historic night for the Minnesota Timberwolves and. D'Angelo Russell didn't even play. They literally set a franchise record for made three-pointers in the first game after trading out non-shooters for shooters. They set the NBA record for three-point percentage with a minimum of 44 threes attempted. There's been like 440 instances of a team shooting at least that many in the history of the NBA, and they set the record for three-point percentage. And like I said, that was without D'Angelo Russell. That has to be, pro- and, I mean, it's promising. But. And, and most importantly, it was without Andrew Wiggins. Right. And that... It, it, we'll get into his comments in a minute. Well, I think... Or do you want to start there? Well, this is, I mean, this this is where I would like to... This is my initial take watching that game. And I and I started watching probably at just, just at the beginning of the third quarter. And I saw the number flash on the screen. Oh, my God, they've already hit like 16 threes or whatever it is. And I didn't, I didn't see any of the pregame, any of the first half. But... I had someone tell me one time, someone smart in, in the radio industry told me one time, we were talking about, you know, like building a, building a radio culture and, and just, it was more pertaining to this industry. And he said, you know, sometimes, sometimes like if you take someone out of the equation that maybe isn't beloved or isn't holding up their end of the bargain, it can actually be better than adding someone to the equation. And that has never rang more true than Andrew Wiggins being gone for that Clippers Wolves game. Everybody was smiling. The bad apple coworker was out of the room, and he wasn't a bad guy. He was a good human being, but laziness, complacency, 
just a complete obliviousness when it came to basketball IQ. And you take that guy and his $27 million out of the equation and you literally fill it in with like part-time players from from the G League and from benches across the NBA, Malik Beasley, like like Malik Beasley and and Hernan Gomez are going to wind up getting decent contracts and restricted. Like they're not scrub players, but but you didn't have to have the Olympic team from 1992 to look like that. It just it's a bunch of dudes playing free-mindedly and in, and enjoying moving the basketball around. What a concept. Were baby. they even but were they even really playing the system? That Rosas and Saunders want to implement because they had one practice. I can't imagine that you're able to implement the entire system, or was this just a bunch of dudes going out and playing basketball? Yeah, it looked mostly like just the a latter. bunch of dudes going out and playing basketball, which is fine within the parameters. With though, the results, they were so they they had the one partial. They had like a walkthrough practice, so they weren't running all the different plays, and but they were running the concept, which is space. Don't dribble the ball very often. And play up and down as fast as you can and look for open guys shooting threes. Like, that's that's what it is. And it's amazing that they stuck to that. And I understand why they did. They stuck to that with a roster that wasn't able to follow through and actually get the results. But um, Which I was fine with, by the way. I was, And I was, say, I was saying that the whole time. I didn't have any problem with the Wolves losing games. I didn't, Well, to a, to a degree. When you have two double-digit losing streaks like that, that's pretty... That's unforgivable, but I I had no problem with them losing basketball games. I had no problem with them playing a style that the guys on that roster didn't fit because because of what exactly what Garrison Rosa said at the press conference when in introducing D'Angelo Russell when he said we needed to find out what we have and we needed to know what we need. That's what this whole season was about and continues to be about. Like these guys who they traded for aren't necessarily part of the long-term plan. There might be, actually, there likely is quite a bit more roster turnover to go before Garrison Rosas gets to the final product that he wants. He talked to to us about that on Friday when I asked him about that comment and where they are in that process of knowing what they have and what they need. He said that's, that's a constant ongoing process until you win a championship, until you finally lock in the right code, the right combination of players. That's a constant process. So I was fine with them playing a system that fit very little of the roster that they had and keep playing that system and find out who of this new roster is. You have, what, eight guys who weren't on this roster to start the season, find out who of this new roster is is what you need or 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 maybe you still need to go out and replace them with other players. Yeah, and 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 obviously like how D'Angelo Russell fits and how but if if you have around D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns, if you have a bunch of guys that can space and move and shoot threes and play some defense, really it's not roster construction becomes much less complicated. You've got your two ball dominant guys who are going to wind up taking the most shots and and making the most money. Can you put a bunch of lanky three-point shooting, up and down, endurance, defensive, like whatever boxes you can check with any of those words I just said. That's the rest of the roster. And this is the quote you just alluded to, the Andrew Riggins quote from, because he actually, he put up like 24, 25 points, and he had a career-high five steals in his debut with the Warriors. They played the Los Angeles Lakers on Friday night, or on Saturday night. And he says, quote, after the game, so it's a pretty good Andrew Wiggins effort, and that's not shocking. Whenever, whenever he gets interested in something, it can last for a month or two, and then and then he turns into the old Wiggins. He said, "Quote: We lost a lot in Minnesota, so coming here to Golden State, being part of a winning culture, it's different. Losing's never fun. Being here, you can tell by everyone's attitude, approach, everything that's everywhere. They're winners. That's something that I've wanted to be. Yeah, bud. 
you like have you ever met someone that ha- that has such little understanding of his or her influence on yes. a on a on yes. a situation? Yes. It's like, okay, dude, hello, you're making almost 30 million dollars a mm-hmm. year. You were the number 1 overall pick yeah. and you're sitting there as if you're a bystander. You're not a bystander. Yeah, feel free to change the culture anytime <laughs> Jeez, you want, dude, like, right? <laughs> I read that quote and I was like I, I gave Andrew a break. We had a great sit-down at the beginning of the year, and I was mostly, all right, let's give this guy a chance under the new system. And he was better this year, believe it or not, than he was in the last three years. But, like, I read that quote, and it undid everything positive that I thought about Wiggins a few months ago. But here, like, what? But I'll, here's what I'll say about Andrew Wiggins and, the, and those comments. He was the number one pick, and I think a lot of people, when you're the number one pick in the NBA draft, it comes with expectations not just for the type of basketball player that you are, but the type of person that you are, like the fabric of you as a person. And you often think that a guy, just because he's taken that high and he has all the hype around him coming out of college, that he is made of a certain type of fabric that we look, we all know that the Wolves culture has been broken for a long time. Whether or not it is, I think, is up for debate. That's questionable with Garrison Rosas coming in and trying to change that. But we all know that the culture of the Timberwolves has been broken for a long time. I think a lot of times people look at a guy who's the number one pick, comes in with all the hype and expectations, and think he's the type of guy who can single-handedly come in and change the culture. But I'll say the same thing about Andrew Wiggins and the culture of this Wolves team that I said about Kirk Cousins since I've gotten here to Minnesota, and that's don't expect him to raise everything up around him. He'll be as good as whatever he's surrounded by. And with Andrew Wiggins, that is strictly when we're talking about culture, mindset, effort. It might work for him in Golden State because now he goes to somewhere where the people around him will lift him up. Andrew Wiggins, if he was gonna, if this culture was going to change because of Andrew Wiggins, he was going to have to come in and lift everybody up around him. He goes to Golden State where there are people around to lift him up. That's what he needs. Don't expect Andrew Wiggins to change things. That's basically what Andrew Wiggins said in that quote. When, when you say we lost in Minnesota, so coming here, being part of a winning culture, it's different. Losing's never fun. Being here, you can tell by everyone's attitude, approach, everything that's everywhere. They're winners. That's something I've wanted to be. If that's something you wanted to be, come in here and be it. But but again, Some guys but, just aren't capable of of being that, regardless of what's going on around him. But he's admitting in that quote, whether he knows it consciously or not, he can only be a winner if he is a passenger in a in a car that is already a winning car. I mean, right? That's, yeah. I mean, he's the 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 people that have the most influence in on an NBA franchise are the GM, the coach, and then like the two superstars that make the most money. Really, you can. I'm not saying that the sixth guy off the bench or the the hustle player that those guys don't have, but the the four guys who set the tone for a franchise are the general manager who implements the vision and the philosophy, the coach who helps take that vision and coach it into and empower the players, and then the two guys who are the highest paid and the most high profile players. And so he's sitting in a car with Carl Anthony Towns, Ryan Saunders, and Gerson Rosas, hypothetic like a hypothetical car, and he's looking around. And he's like, "Why? What's this car drove faster?" It's like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, how can we make that happen, Andrew? We're, like, you're literally one of the four people that can have that influence if you want it. You're athletically capable of doing it, and you'd like to think that, like, mentally, if you were to buy into some of these things or engage or get up at four in the morning like Kobe Bryant did and work on your jump shot, like, for him to say what he said just validates. Everything we've thought for several but years that this dude is a passenger one in of, the vehicle. One of the things that you said. 
when we first brought up Andrew Wiggins in these comments is lack of self-awareness. And this quote is a perfect illustration of his lack of self-awareness when he says that he was part, well, he basically, without saying it, he says he was part of a losing culture in Minnesota, and now he's part of a winning culture in, in Golden State. He's, without knowing it, so it's 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 multiple levels of lack of self-awareness. Without knowing it, he's saying, A, he was part of it, and B, he didn't know that because he was the number one pick, he came in with the clout to be part of the impetus for change. Like, Andrew Wiggins could have been part of what changed this culture. And that went over his head for six years. But he got here and saw, losing culture, I guess I'll just... Be part of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know. It's, it's like amazing. That's, that's when he walked in the door and said, yeah, it looks like this is a losing culture. I guess I'll uh, do what I can to fit in. I mean, you imagine. Know? like I mean? That's not what you do. We're sitting here. All right. like t- Take our afternoon show. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Right. And Jonathan's the producer. Yeah. Right? There's there's four of us that make that show happen. Mm-hmm. And there's people that help us behind them. But there's four of us that make that show happen. And it would be like if one of us just, one of us goes from here to to WFAN, and we you know we go to a you know, bigger market, success, everything. So you know, just uh, it's really nice to be part of a show that that uh, part of a show that's a winning show or whatever. Like, <laughs> like wait a second, wait, you were one of of, of small handful right. of people that exactly. had influence. Yeah, it doesn't. It's just it's super frustrating, but it's also validating. And I don't. I honestly like Steve Kerr. Speaking of. Absurd things that were said at that arena on Saturday night. Steve Kerr said of Andrew Wiggins, quote, It's great to have a player we can put on LeBron and Actually, match I physically. Think, I think, Decl- I think Declan has. I don't have the audio of that, but what I do have, Nick Wright just got on, for, on, on what was it, on his uh, first take, not a first take show, but his Fox Sports a show, show. just like, first, show just take, like it. first take, yeah. <laughs> and was literally just breaking down this exact topic about Wiggins and and the hype about being a first-round pick and his one good game on Saturday. No, and listen, Howard, you can, you can tell me I'm wrong, but here's the thing. Nobody thought Andrew Wiggins was good 96 hours ago. Nobody. But then the Warriors trade for him, and it's as if he gets some magic fairy dust sprinkled on his head, Good and he's going to be a different player. We we know who Andrew Wiggins is. And this idea of, oh, well, it's, he's held up against the fact that he's number one overall pick, and so he's judged unfairly. He's held up against his contract, so he's judged unfairly. Andrew Wiggins, as the 20th pick on a mid-level contract, does not contribute to winning. That First things first. All right, I did. I, it was almost close there. First things first on Nick right there. <laughs> So they they almost just tried to copy the name of first. Yeah, <laughs> weird. Okay, all right, strange. <laughs> it's amazing. And and so the level of obliviousness or arrogance. Right. There's, is that a, the there's a fine Sharp line show here. Or is he on a different show? Or is it's he a just, different show? Is he not employed anymore? Wasn't he not employed for a minute? Was that a contract? No, no, no. Thing? no. Okay. Sh- Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless do a show together. Okay. Yeah. And then Nick Wright and Chris Carter used to do a show together. Uh, it was Chris, Chris Carter. Okay. All right, have Chris Carter. Contract ran Sharp out or something right, happened. Cool. And now I don't know I don't know who his co-host is. All right, but Steve Kerr said just to add on to either the level of arrogance that the Warriors have, or the level of obliviousness, or maybe we're the ones that eventually are just gonna. Maybe this is a David Ortiz to the Red Sox situation, and we don't see it. But Steve Kerr said it's great to have a player we can put on LeBron and match physically with him. I literally almost just spit he out my coffee. Did. Can you read that again? It's great to have a player we can put on LeBron and match physically with him. Does he know LeBron lifts weights? 
Has he ever has he ever seen LeBron's workout regimen? It'd be great if has I could line up against Alex Boone. You know, we have I have a great guy to block against Alex Boone. It's like the equivalent of that. Has, has he had, had he met Andrew Wiggins yet before Dude. saying that? I mean, have I, you seen Andrew Wiggins in person before saying that? Listen, somebody, somebody, sixteen, seventeen years ago with the Boston Red Sox said, "You know what? That uh, that guy that the Twins just released, I could see that guy hitting a big home run in Game Six of the World Series and hitting forty-five home runs and winning an MVP award." And people would have thought that was crazy. So either this crazy, either they are crazy, this crazy, or we are crazy. Hold on. D- saying David Ortiz could hit a big home run in the World Series ten years ago or fifteen years ago, whenever it was that the Twins trade him. That was this crazy to say I can put Andrew Wiggins on LeBron James and know he can match up physically? This That's is what, that crazy? But this is what I'm trying to justify in my head. The Warriors are the smartest organization in the last 10 years in the NBA. And this is what I said on Friday. I know where you're going, and this is what I said on Friday. You, this is like the Patriots. Every time the Patriots trade somebody, you just assume the Patriots won that trade. Mm-hmm. Because they always do. They always seem to know when to get out on a guy, and they seem to know how to take guys who are second, third, or later round draft picks and make good football players out of them, or at least make them part of a good football team or a good unit. You never think that the that the that the Patriots are wrong. Are we? Are we? Do we really think that they just fleeced the Golden State Warriors and Steve Kerr? Is as clueless as as that comment right there sounds. It looks like they did. It honestly looks like they did. Look at the evidence, okay? For one, look what happened against the Clippers this weekend. To score that many points and to... If if they hadn't called the dogs off in the last two minutes, they would have set an NBA record for made threes. That With, with two, two and a half minutes to go... They shut down the offense and they stopped shooting threes. That was the only part of the game I watched. I wanted to take that three pointer so bad. They had probably four chances yeah. to take a three. Yeah. And if they make one, they tie the NBA record. They might have made three. They might have they might have shattered the NBA record. The Timberwolves minus Andrew Wiggins looked like that this last weekend. So validation piece number one is just like, what do they look like immediately when he's gone? And I get that it's it's a high for everyone. And and you're you're not gonna be able to play like that all the time. I get it. It's it was a record setting pace. But for Steve Kerr to then come out and say and think, like he's probably watched Wiggins peripherally. He probably hasn't studied a ton of film on Wiggins. He's probably looking at the box score numbers. Are you still and like reading a, the, the scouting reports from Kansas? Even the can like you watch him at Kansas too. He floated around at Kansas too. It wasn't like he was Mister Lockdown Defender in college. <laughs> but for but Steve, that LeBron thing was floating around Andrew Wiggins when he came out of college. I remember that. That but, was the hope, right? But that, that was a, but but when Steve Kerr says this that it's great to have a player we can put on LeBron and match physically, Basketball Reference tweeted out last week on Thursday or Friday whenever this thing became mostly official, they ranked in terms of defensive rating individual players in the 18 year history of their database going back to the early 2000s, and they ranked every player in reverse order of defensive rating that's played like 10,000 minutes in the NBA. Andrew Wiggins was the worst defensive player in their database. Two decades. Two decades, okay? And anyone who, forget about the stats. Anyone, solid anyone, sample size. Anyone who watches the games, if you just watch five games of Andrew Wiggins, do you ever think to yourself, boy, that guy that guy is a lockdown defender. That guy is, no. put that guy one-on-one. He's Bruce Bowen. He's the modern Bruce Bowen. Put that guy one-on-one on There's any the of the LeBron big wings. stopper. Kawhi stopper, right? <laughs> yeah. No. So... It, to me, I, I almost think that the Warriors looked at his. They looked at his numbers. They've they've watched him a few times. Like they have scouts that I'm sure have been watching him. But Steve Kerr clearly has not been watching him 
for much more than like the three times he sees him during the regular season. And even then, like how much attention are they really paying in the regular season? Right now for him to say this, it adds more credence to the idea that the Warriors are the team getting fleeced here. I think Andrew Wiggins could be a better basketball player in Golden State than he was here in Minnesota on two levels. One. Like, you'll expect less less of him. He's not going to be the number one guy there. And two, he is in a better culture and a better organization than what the Timberwolves have been, and that will bring out the best in somebody, whatever that is, and Andrew Wiggins. But going back to my first point, my question is, can Andrew Wiggins be the three or four on a team? Because despite being terrible in every efficiency measure that's 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 out there in the world of basketball, he still thought... I should put up more shots than anybody on this basketball team every year of his Timberwolves career. Mm-hmm. Is Andrew Wiggins going to be okay taking a backseat to Steph and Clay and Draymond and whoever they go and get with that first pick that they have this year? Is Andrew Wiggins going to be cool being the third or fourth option on the floor at any given time? I'm glad you asked that question, Rami, because we actually have Exhibit A, Andrew Wiggins as a third option with the Jimmy Butler, Tom Thibodeau, Minnesota Timberwolves from two years ago, the year they went to the playoffs, okay? Andrew Wiggins was very clearly the third option on that team. Not even the third best player. He was like the seventh best player. But in terms of stature and opportunities, he was the third option behind Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns, and then himself. He took more shots per game than anybody on the team. With a perennial all-star caliber player, two-way player in Butler, and a transcendent big man talent who shoots 40% from three-point range, and Wiggins barrels into that equation as the third option and took more shots per game. <laughs> Let me get that ball. Than either one of those guys. <laughs> he walked out to the court with those two guys. He's like, yo, let me get that. Yes. <laughs> Just chucking up shots. Think about that. And most of those shots at that time were from like 16 to 20 feet, so they were inefficient of course, shots. Yeah. So the worst shots you could take. And so this is like the narrative is that, well, if, if you just make him the third option here, then he'll settle in and he'll be able to find his groove. Well, he was already the third option behind Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns and still took more shots than both those guys. Okay, well, yeah, but but that was a Tom Thibodeau system, and it's it to be a different system out with the Warriors here, right? Okay, well, like what system? The system where you spread the floor, you move the ball without dribbling, and you shoot threes? So you're going to tell a guy who dribbles the air out of the ball for six years in his career and is not a good three-point shooter, he shoots like 32% from three-point range, that he's going to have to do those things too. It's like... what. If this is David Ortiz I, to the Red Sox again, then I'll admit that I'm wrong in three years. Can but. I tell you what I think is going on here? The Golden State Warriors are a very savvy organization in everything that they do, not just in the game plans that they design or the way that they scout players or the way that they develop players. To the way that they use the media as their tool. And I, I said, and I still stand by, that I think the Warriors were the ones who planted the seeds of discontent that Carl Anthony Towns was not happy here in Minnesota, only to follow that up with reports that there are people within the Warriors organization trying to figure out how to get Carl Anthony Towns in a Warriors uniform. I think that was all them. I think that was them putting out misinformation or putting out information that maybe wasn't supposed to be. I out like there. the conspiracy theory. I think this is the Warriors planning on flipping Andrew Wiggins just like they did D'Angelo Russell at the end of this season. They know right now he doesn't have to be the third or fourth option because Steph isn't walking on that court. Clay isn't walking on that court. He can take all the shots he wants. Let's talk him up. Let's make him sound like a superstar. Let's do everything we can in the game plan and on the floor to make him look like a superstar, raise his stock so we can trade him in the offseason. Yeah. There is no way that the Warriors are dumb enough an organization to think that 
to believe what they're saying about him and to think he can really be a guy who contributes to what they do there. Well, because he doesn't fit. And and if that and that's by the way, that's what the Timberwolves just did too. The Timberwolves they tried to trade him in July. They came really close. They were trying to trade him in a deal for D'Angelo Russell. And there and it's possible Wiggins would have been rerouted to a third team and not to the Warriors if this happened in July. And they spent the entire fall and winter then committing to not Wiggins long term, but committing to all right. You're on the team. And they even sat down with him. They it was Gerson, Ryan Saunders, and Andrew Wiggins. I think it was around summer league time. They went, they they drank a bottle of wine together. They talked about not shooting long twos and whatever That's smart, else. By the way, if you want to get the truth out of somebody, get them drunk. Sit down, open a bottle. Yep. Something. <laughs> Works every time. <laughs> All right, Andrew. <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> All right, Andrew. Pours four shots of tequila. How do you feel about long twos? How do you feel about passing the ball? Speaking of getting the truth out, you guys both you guys both let a little truth out about yourselves here in this segment. You said you didn't turn the game on till halftime. You didn't turn it on till the last shot? No, the last two minutes when I knew the three-point record was in question. And then they didn't even take an attempt. The trade wasn't enough to get you guys to go to your TVs and as watch? Soon, as soon as I, well, two things. As soon as I'll I found admit, out that D'Angelo Russell wasn't playing, I was less interested. And I was at a surprise birthday party for one of my good friends. Famous self-plug, I was actually at the gym on a Saturday night. Wow, look at this guy. On a Saturday here. night? What I are you know, doing boy. at the gym on a Saturday night? It was a night. slow Saturday night for Declan Getting in the North Loop. on, man. Yeah. You know what, though? <laughs> You put those Saturday nights in in the gym now, yeah, and you can do other things on Saturday nights. Exactly, on the road, that's okay? the rule. That's the that's the goal. Get there. pumped! I don't go to the gym on the weekends, man. That's just a rule. I might get a little workout in at home. I'm not going to the gym for like a full throwing big weights workout on the weekend. That's just a rule of thumb for me. Declan, what kind of big weights that are you throwing around? Oh, uh, so many big weights. Just just all the big weights are being thrown around. It's the biggest dumbbell you pick up at the gym. Uh, you know, you know what it is. <laughs> Let's, let's just go there. I've learned if I live the lifestyle I live on Friday and Saturday, I can't work out on Sunday. I physically can't. I'm trying to envision Declan alone inside Lifetime Fitness or Snap Fitness, choking on choking on the bar, bench pressing a ten the on each side, bench pressing on bar. each side, no bells, bench pressing, just kicking the bar. around. From the gene size to the workout regimen. <laughs> By the way, we I found out it. you were right. You're I don't know if on. you were listening. 28. 28? 28 is the I know a 28 when I see it. I know. Fourth, fourth <laughs> grade, you remember it well. Yeah. Collar and I thought he might be shopping like the big boys section. Like, <laughs> like the tweens. It's a, ve- it's a very select few outlets that, that carry this guy's jeans. But no, 28-32. We, we should reenact the skinny Rob Lowe mayonnaise jar commercial with Declan. <laughs> yeah. This is Score North. My gene size. This is this is my gene size on Score North. <laughs> All right, we got to hit a quick break. On the other side, we got to got to get into this Twins trade, which apparently did finally go down over the weekend. And I'm even less happy about this than I was last week. We'll discuss right wow. after this. It's Score North Live on 1500 Score North. Hey there, it's Phil Mackey for Federated Mutual Insurance Company, and Federated is here to give business owners out there peace of mind. You pour your life and energy into a business, and the last thing you want is for something to happen that puts you on the defense, and that's where Federated comes in. Based in Owatonna, Minnesota, over a century of experience in standing behind business owners. If you're a business owner and you want some more peace of mind, go to federatedinsurance.com to find out more about your local Federated marketing representative. Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours.